This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. What's up, guys? Welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. My name's John, and I'm back in the studio with Aaron. Aaron, how's it going, man? Hey, John. Man, I'm doing great today. I'm excited to be back. Absolutely. I I missed last week. Uh, It was a very good episode, so uh, if anyone missed that, make sure you go back and listen. But yeah, I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. I'm excited to be back in studio as well, and today we are going to bring to you guys some common problems faced by new and old professional wrestlers alike. And I'm talking about actual in-ring techniques for the most part. Well, it's kind of starting in the locker room, but physical techniques that are going to get you ready for the actual wrestling match. So even the simplest techniques inside the ring can cause major problems. If you continue to make mistakes with your training, those major problems can lead to major consequences, like ending your pro wrestling journey before it even begins. But even for seasoned pro wrestlers, I've found the basics can make or break your level of performance. Mm -hmm. Never lose sight of those basics. So today, we're going to break down some of the most common issues, you know, brand new and even not so brand new pro wrestlers encounter, um, you know, in the early basics of like in-ring performance. I think we all encounter it early, but then like if you don't stick with it and you don't think about it as much, you get kind of complacent and you start to miss the point of like these basics never go away. So I want to talk about some of the most common problems that I see. Um, join our private Facebook group, guys. You can head over there and you can actually give us options. Like if you want to, if there's a topic you want us to talk about yeah. on this podcast, jump in that private Facebook group at how to become a pro wrestler on Facebook and let us know. I'll talk about something, ask some questions in there. It might turn into a full episode. We've done that in the past. We did it recently with road nutrition yeah. and things like that. So you can also talk to anybody doing strong style, our strength training program, um, and, and people that have been listening to the podcast since the very beginning. So check it out. Check us out on Facebook, y'all. So let me start off by saying that some of the things we do as pro wrestlers, like fall down, known as bumping, um, taking punches to the face, forearms to the face, chops to the chest, all those things are completely unnatural for the average person's brain to fathom. All right. Your body wants to protect itself. I get it. I know it. I know that's what most pro wrestlers when they're first getting started have to overcome. But um, your body wants to protect itself. And, and thus, anytime you fall in, in real life, your brain desperately tells your arms and legs to catch your body. You know, even if that means like and that's what the brain does. Right. It wants you to sacrifice your arm to save your skull. And I get that. That's a that's a defense mechanism that we've developed over uh, evolution over time. I get that. That's great. But In pro wrestling, well, you kind of have to shut the brain off. And we throw our body to the ground as hard as possible. And it's hard for lots of people to shut that part of the brain off and accept the fact that they need to hit the ground as flat and as hard as possible to be a believable pro wrestler. So now let's get into some of the actual specifics of what that could mean. And it all starts in the locker room, guys, because here's one of the main problems that I see. And I hope you take this away more than anything else from this podcast. That's why I'm throwing it right at the beginning. Not warming up is a problem. That is something that I see so often to this very day and all the way up until my last match. I would see guys not warming up, not doing anything whatsoever. So you have to preheat the oven. As I see too many pros, new and old, go from sitting in a chair, drinking an energy drink, tying their boots, standing up, and then all of a sudden they're standing up in front of the curtain. 
ready to go. Where's their music to hit, right? Like any respectable pro wrestling school or pro wrestling trainer should be providing you with an appropriate warm up that will have you ready for whatever that day's assignment is, whether it's your training or your match. So we have an entire episode in the archives where we take you through the perfect 10 minute locker room warm up. That's all I'm asking of you guys. 10 minutes in your warm up. Um, if you want those details, I highly recommend that you go find that episode. It's named just like what I said there, the perfect 10 minute locker room warm up. However, we also have a YouTube video of this. So head on over to our YouTube at How to Become a Pro Wrestler, and you can watch me physically go through the warm-up. Ten minutes. Um, I, you know, you can do it with zero equipment. I ask you to have a light resistance band and, and a, a chair, something like a steel yeah. chair, which can be found in almost any locker room, like to make it perfect. But you can get away with it with absolutely no equipment whatsoever. So please go watch that video or listen to that podcast where we talk about it ad nauseum. We dive into it deep. So... That is all you need to get yourself ready to go out there and perform. It's so dangerous to go from just like sitting ice cold to trying to perform at a high level yeah. in any way. Like even if you don't think what you do is a high level, like you're out there putting your body on the line and someone else's body in your hands as well. So you need to be primed and ready to go. Um, I mean, of, of course, this stuff applies to your workouts. Like if you're doing strong style with us, our strength training program, you know that there are warm-ups designed specifically to get you ready for that day's activity. This stuff is so important, guys, because your joints, your tendons, your muscles, all that stuff needs to be ready to perform. I'm, I'm kind of surprised mm -hmm. that the guy skipped this. I don't know because yeah. I, you know, we see him as athletes, you know, yes. performers and athletes. So, and you of know, course, yeah. you're going to warm up before yeah. you go out there and have to run and jump mm -hmm. and do everything that you have to do in the ring. So uh, that that's interesting. What what do you think? What why is the reason for that? I yeah. I'm so. There's not a good reason. I mean, I know why guys don't warm up in the yeah. like in the gym. Yeah. You know, like they they just don't want to. But, right. You know, with all the sports I played, you know, and and doing martial arts, you're always warming up. Mm -hmm. Like you're back in the back, hitting some mids, getting yep. ready to go. So I think that this is a hard thing for a lot of guys to accept, but I think like intrinsically, like way down deep, if you really dug deep and asked most like like amateur level professional wrestlers, independent pro wrestlers or whatever, they don't consider themselves to be real athletes. Mm -hmm. And that is unfortunate, guys. Yeah. And that's probably because you're not training like a real athlete, you weren't coached like a real athlete, and you weren't taught that this is a that like the locker room of of Pro wrestling like should be similar to like the locker room of, of a football team. Like in the back, you're all teammates trying to contribute to the game, which is the overall show, right. to be a quality event. And that that's that's another reason why the WWE is so big right now on recruiting people from team-based sports. Mm -hmm. And the, and honestly, it's not even that's not even a new thing. If you listen to Jim Ross's uh, podcast, so good old Jr. Jim Ross. He was the talent recruitment guy for years. And I'm talking, this is, he's in AEW now. This is decades ago that he was yeah. doing this for WWE. He said that he loved football guys and, and like team based sports guys because he knew already that if they were successful in that environment, they would, they would at least get along in the locker room. Right. Like they weren't going to bring drama to the locker room. And he would give examples of guys that like, he brought in from just like like guys that they found working out at Gold's Gym. Like, oh, man, he looks great. Let's make him a pro wrestler. And they'd bring them into pro wrestling, and they'd be toxic in the locker room because they didn't have any knowledge of team-based sports. 
But I think that deep, deep down, you can get away with way too much on the independent level of pro wrestling. I think that that is a problem that promoters really need to start taking control of. Um, I think that you need to like, look, like I know that I know some promoters personally that have like said, like they require the people on their shows to like, I want proof that you guys hit the gym weekly. Like I want you to post it in our private Facebook group, like their own private Facebook group and stuff. And like, I'm not against that accountability kind of thing, but here's the real deal. If you want these guys to actually go to the gym and work out, you stop booking them on your shows when they don't work out. Like you actually say like, I'm looking at your body and the way that you move, you have not been training, you are not going to be on my show. And then it's up to them to actually go out and make it important to them to, to get better. Yeah. So I, I think that deep down, they don't actually believe that they're athletes, they don't understand the team atmosphere of it all, and they're not, they just think that, hey, I, I can get trained. as a Wrestling, I've said this on the podcast before too, wrestling is one of those very few things where it's like, once, once you get trained and you start your career, you're done. Like it's, it's over. So like that I've done, like there's no continuous training Mm -hmm. as opposed to every other sport on the planet where it's like constantly trained, constantly trained. And one of my favorite things, and this is one of my, I was using this recently because we have a, we have a, a, uh, a fitness system here at our gym called fit ranks. It's like based off of Navy SEAL training and stuff. And there's different levels to it. And, um, when people tell me that I make the workouts look easy, like my favorite, I don't know if it's my favorite, whatever, but one of my, my best ways to describe why I can make it look so easy is, is the amount of training that I do. And the reason that I can do that much training is because I enjoy the training. And, uh, oh man, I, I was listening to a podcast recently. They talked about Steffi Graf, the tennis player. Mm-hmm. And they, um, they, they, they rate them, they rated those tennis players on like um, uh, level of performance and and like um, ability to show up for training, and Steffi Graf was the only one that was a ten out of ten on both. Mm-hmm. Which means, not only is she better than you and will train harder to you, it doesn't feel like training to her. Yeah, it feels right. like fun. Yeah. So if you can somehow process that in your brain, which is what I kind of try to do, mm-hmm. um, I would. Good lord, I'd love to be Steffi Graf someday in any environment. But like, when training becomes as fun as the sport itself then all of a sudden you can make great strides in getting better. So that's something I encourage you guys to do. Remember that the training is part of it Mm -hmm. and you have to keep it up. So like the warm-ups is part of your training. It's part of getting ready for your performance out there. And that's one reason why I I wanted to be sure that the one that we provided for you guys was 10 minutes because, I mean, if you can't can't offer up 10 minutes of your time to get ready for your match, I don't know why you're in that locker room. Mm -hmm. Like So that's why please go check out that warm-up. It's super, super important. All right, I'm going to move on to the next one. I'm going to actually get in the ring now and talk about your rolls and your bumps, your gymnastics. We've phrased it in a bunch of different ways, but the actual thing. And the most important thing to remember on these is tuck that chin. Guys, the the new guys, like if you're not learning that in training, then I don't know what you're learning. But tucking that chin is one of the most important things that you can ever do. And most people who forget this only forget it once. Maybe, hopefully. But um, the reason is it's one of the most damaging things you can possibly do. Um, locking that chin into your chest during a bump or a roll is crucial to protect your head, protect your skull, protect your brain, keep yourself safe from uh, concussions and CTE and all that stuff. So it should always be step one in performing any type of physical movement in the ring. Tuck that chin and protect that head. I swear, like... With a pro wrestler that's been trained properly, it should be just as common for you to tuck that chin as it is to breathe. Like, 
I can remember this crazy time where, and wrestlers do dumb things, but like I remember we were in a building that had a really low ceiling. And if you're standing in the ring, like you could really just hop and like tap the ceiling. So like jumping off the top rope was gonna be a big problem for anybody. And that's gonna happen in your career, guys, so be prepared for that. But um, the promoter said, hey, let's remove the ceiling tiles and that'll give them an extra half a foot of space or something. And so we got up there and, you know, we're balancing like on the top and middle rope, like trying to remove these ceiling tiles. And I remember losing my balance and falling and landing just fine with my (laughs) chin tucked in a back bump. No problem. Um, Got up just fine. Nice and safe Um, in the ring, landed in the ring, thankfully, not on the floor, but landed in the ring. Um, and I always remember that cause I'm like, you don't have to think about tucking your chin. You just need to just do happens, it. Yeah. That comes from training. Right. So lots and lots and lots of training reps on that for sure. And the other side of the in-ring movements after tucking the chin, which is the most valuable is don't reach. And this is one I'm going to spend a little bit of time on, but this is super, super important. It's kind of what I started the episode with talking about your brain sacrificing your limbs to protect the rest of your body. But in pro wrestling, reaching refers to the motion of like your arms or your elbows, even your legs in certain situations, reaching back. So like, imagine if you just fell over, you would like try to put your hands down to brace yourself, right? right? Like that's reaching. Um, Keep your body from hitting the ground. Here's where it gets very tricky, guys, because the brain wants to reach. Your natural instinct is to sacrifice an arm to save the body, like I said earlier. But in pro wrestling, you've got to shut that instinct off and protect your arms by hitting the mat as flat as possible. So the reality is your body can take much more abuse than your arms. Like just the bulk of it, the bulk of your musculature is on your body if you're training properly and whatnot. So like your body can take a lot of abuse. You're, you're, you're way more resilient than you even imagine. So your brain's instinct to reach back comes from the thought that you will only be falling this one time. Mm-hmm. The reality in pro wrestling is you're going to be falling five, six, seven, eight, nine, twelve times, okay? Depending on what style of wrestler you are, you're going to be falling a lot. You don't have that many limbs to sacrifice, right? You just don't have it. So you've got to trust the ring. This is, this is something that uh, my trainer used to always tell me, but like the ring's not going anywhere. The mat's not going to magically fly out from underneath you. It's not going to transform into a different substance. You already know what it feels like. Um, trust the ring. This one goes right along with reaching. The mat is going to be there to catch you. It's certainly going to hurt at first, but over time, you'll learn to expect that feeling and realize that the more strict to your training you stick, the safer you're going to be. This sounds a lot like I used to rock climb mm-hmm. a ton. Yeah. Right? So and when you're rock climbing, you get high up and you kind of get scared that, you know, if you fall, is mm-hmm. the guy below you sitting there, you know, holding the right. rope, is he going to catch you? Right. And there, there, it, there's the kind of the same point where you just have to shut the brain off where you're not worried about falling necessarily. Yeah. You're yeah, just yeah. Worried, you know, you're just moving up and then knowing and trusting that the guy's got you. Yes. And uh, once you did that in, in the rock climbing, it allowed guys to perform so much better because then then if they had to release for a second to get a different hold, right. it was easy. So I now I still, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not a pro wrestler here, but yeah. I'm trying and working on the rolls and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that back bump, I still, that is the most difficult thing for and me is to get scary, that out yeah. of my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah not do that it's tough and it's scary and it takes a lot of time but you have to start thinking about it in terms of 
again, like you're going to be bumping multiple times. So, you know, you can't just sacrifice an arm every time because you're going to run out of arms. But surface area is the biggest issue here. You want to evenly spread the shock of a bump across the majority of your back and your fully extended arms. Mm -hmm. um, all hitting at the exact same moment, guys. Um, that even includes the palms of your hands. I want your palms flat down when you're hitting the mat. Everything from your fingertips all the way down your arms, elbows, triceps, into your upper backs and traps and lats. All that stuff is hitting the ground, hitting the canvas at the exact same time, perfectly flat. I know that sounds difficult, but with enough training, you will be able to perform this move. The more surface area with that precise timing that you can create, the better the bump will feel. Um, or maybe even like a better way to say that is the less you're going to feel the bump or the, yeah. the less that you're going to make you feel bad. Right. So just spreading out that surface area and keeping everything landing at the exact same time. Feet are elevated like you fell over in a chair. I'm just talking about the back bump specifically here. But that's what you want to do to keep yourself as safe as possible. I got a question for yeah. you just real quick. So, mm -hmm. you know, we know that we need to tuck the chin and mm -hmm. we need to be able to hit flat on there. If, if you got a new guy that's coming in, like me, you mm -hmm. know, and I'm practicing this mm -hmm. and learning, is there a, a set amount of times you would do this? I know we had one guy ask us one time about doing, like, rolls on the floor. Right. And, you know, we're like, well, start with something a little softer, you know, because those, those can be difficult. Absolutely, too. yeah, but yeah. But if you were going to give someone uh, that's just trying to learn how to back bump, mm -hmm. like a kind of a training protocol, would this be something they would want to do every day to get – to get that in or a few times a week or what do you think right like i could i could get behind setting something along the two to three days a week so like two to three training sessions a week and as far as the actual bumps go like if we're just specifically talking about back bumps i mean let's say you train like the actual warm-up of your workout or whatever it might be you're doing back bumps and you're doing something like like I don't know, five to 10 sets of five to 10 reps. Yeah. Like, like it's going to depend on what your training looks like that day. If your training involves, you know, lots more rolling or maybe technique or, or, or like, like actual like wrestling work, like the actual, like the, the chain wrestling side yeah. of it, which means you're not going to be bumping very much. Mm -hmm. Then 10 sets of 10 is something that we always ended up doing a lot. And that, that's a lot of bumps, a lot of but, bumps, yeah. but I mean, then on the next training session, if it was bump, oriented meaning we were going to learn how to take body slams and suplexes and whatnot it might be five sets of five because you don't want right. to kill yourself before you get into actual like body slams and yeah. stuff so it you can't go in there and do 10 sets of 10 three days a week do not do that but it would make perfect sense to me especially if you are only focused on these basics and you're trying to get right. them in you do 10 sets of 10 you do lots of rest in between um, you know, you have you give yourself three to five minutes or so in between. Uh, that's also going to depend on your wrestling coach. I mean, I know there's yeah. some brutal pro wrestling coaches out there, but I'm trying to help those guys out and give them a little more science behind it as well because you need that recovery time um, to get ready for that. And, and 10 sets of 10 with rest in between is a great way to train your back bump. Now, I'm also assuming that you have access to a pro wrestling ring. So right. if you're doing this on some gymnastic mats – that's not a place to start. You should be yeah. more focused on that, like five by five mm -hmm. or even five by three, um, and just get them really good and really right because you're not working with a ring that has flexion and stuff like an actual going to move with you. You're working with a hard floor and just a mat on top of it. That's tough. Yeah. So, so anywhere along those lines, there's all different formulas you can put out there, but never fail to take into consideration what the rest of your training is going to all look right. like. All right, great. Uh, yeah, guys. I mean – these basics never go away. Like you, you have to practice them and keep them 
at the front of your mind because it's important for your safety and it's important for your opponent's safety for you to be able to do that. Um, the timing of bumps and all that good stuff. Like once you really get into the art of that and how um, uh, one of the uh, – Graham Bell, local pro wrestler Graham Bell, went to Mexico and he taught me. He came back just a couple years ago and taught me about how they're so they're a little bit different in Mexico and like lucha wrestling, like like the flip bump, which you can check out our YouTube where I do the flip bump on there. That's not necessarily the way that they train it. I mean, it it's part of their repertoire for sure. But like if you watch lucha wrestling and watch them take like arm drags or hip tosses or anything like that, they actually have way more their their bump out of those particular moves looks more fluid like a roll like what we would call a front roll right. in the ring as opposed to like on American wrestling where it's a big straight up down bam you land yeah. flat rest. They roll through and one of the reasons they do that is timing. Like they roll through and Graham was even telling me about how the sound of your right hand hitting the mat and then your left hand following like boom, boom is the timing cue for your opponent to be ready to spin around and catch you in the next sequence. So I was like, man, that's fascinating to me. Like you get into such a fluid that it's like boom, boom. You can hear, you know the timing of each Mm -hmm. other and your opponent. That comes from working with opponents and stuff too. But get understand that these things are more valuable than just knowing how to fall down eventually they come into play with every aspect of the match yeah so and and it's how you stay safe and and put on a great show which is what it's all about ultimately yeah but all right guys thank you so much for listening to this episode i love talking about the in-ring techniques we'll bring these to you from time to time and i uh, hope you enjoyed this conversation i thought we talked about some really cool stuff today so all right guys thank you so much for listening to how to become a pro wrestler the podcast where we teach you the skills that you need to go from your living room to the main event. And don't wait for your opportunity, guys. Take it.